Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here on the, uh, another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Dr. David Wardy. How are you doing, buddy? I'm amazing, man. You look very manly today. Yeah. If, I, if any of you guys know Nick, he's been growing <laughs> his beard. And now his hair, he's getting curls. And I got to say, he's, he's looking pretty amazing lately. So. Oh, thank you. Kudos, man. Uh, it's a good yeah. look for you. You know what's funny? A patient asked me about this, too. Like, you look really different. and I And I said to them, that uh, it's it's kind of uncomfortable growing your hair out, and there's like these funny in between stages, and and you know I think it's sort of important. We're going to talk about relationships today, and sometimes getting uncomfortable with yourself is a is a great tool to move forward. Just like this this shaggy beard that, that both of us grow, and it, it moving into a bit of discomfort with how you look, you can relate to yourself differently. You know we. Uh, we're going to be talking about a retreat this this uh, episode, and one of the things that we did last time at a retreat was start to shed the masks that we wear, and and a lot of what we wear is how we're being perceived by others, but also how we perceive ourselves, and so it's sort of an it's an ongoing experiment, as you know, and um, and you've been supporting the beard as well. So lately, you've been perceiving yourself as this manly Adonis, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> right. Oh, man, you look good, man. But absolutely. I mean, you're, you're right about these masks and how we perceive our, ourselves. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about your retreat today because the theme is a little different this year. And we'll get into that. And we have some amazing people with us today. I'm very excited. So, yeah, let's get into it. Man. Yeah. So, so two of our guests today, they came, as, they came as a unit. And we wanted them to come on together because we're going to be talking about relationships and why retreats are so important. We, we call it retreating yourself to reflect, to recreate, to recharge your, your, your soul, your, your spirit, your physical body, your nourishment, and all these different pieces. And we, we've got an interesting relationship dynamic in this call because, David, you knew, you've known Andrea for quite some time now. Uh, Andrea is a life coach. She, she helps us in our uh, mentorship program with Dr. Dan Pompa. She's like our, our right and our left hand and a mentor for us as well. And you guys have a, a long history of, of how you guys connected. So I was hoping that you'd sort of share how you got to know Andrea and then let's welcome these lovely people onto the show. Absolutely. So when you asked me to share that, I really had to think back of how long it's been. And it's been, it's been 10 years. So I've known Andrea for a decade now, probably a little over a decade and I first met her when I attended a Brimhall uh, seminar a while back. And the neat thing about Andrea that I first noticed when I met her was she has this very loving, caring, compassionate heart and just energy about herself. And it was almost like there was just that love for another person from the moment I met her. And from that moment moving forward with the relationship that we've built over the past decade, She's just that person that's always there to lift you up and to move you forward in your life and try to make sure that you're getting where you're trying to get, whether that's a, you know, for, for my example, it was a struggle with my wife's health. And then on the other end, it was helping me become a better doctor. So she's done both of those things for us. She's helped elevate me as a better practitioner and healer in many of the ways that she's influenced my life. 
but also she's had this monumental impact and role in helping us find answers for Clarissa's autoimmune stuff. So I'm trying, I'm getting a little choked up right now, but um, she's a very, very important person in our lives. And I've told her this many, many times, and she knows that. And, you know, you talk about relationships, and I'm really excited um, to just get into this because this is just a relationship that her and me, have, we just built over the years, me and my wife, Clarissa with Andrea. And it's crazy to think about this now going full circle over a decade of all the things that we've been through just from the influence of that relationship and where it's mm -hmm. taken us. So I can imagine in, in a retreat of what you guys are wanting to do to try to, you know, get into this relationship bit. It's just, it's elevation, man. It's transcendence. It's really just getting people to the next level of like, we all know there's those ceilings that we hit that we want to punch through, but sometimes we need the influence of other people in our lives or information or other things to help us get there. So I love you, Andrea. Oh, and I did get to finally meet her husband after a decade, which was amazing. I met him like, yes, I met Jake what, like three weeks ago now, three or four weeks ago. Yeah. And, and, and no joke. I mean, you talk about Andrea, I'm seeing all these wonderful things. This guy is like the match to her I mean, his energy is the same his heart is the same and you just feel everything that Andrea brings from Jake as well so two incredible amazing human beings and uh, I can't say enough good things about them mm -hmm. thank so, you how about that? can I just say that just it just warms my heart to hear you even just say all that because I feel exactly the same way about you and Clarissa and it's just such an honor to just say oh my gosh we've been friends for a decade like that, it blows my mind because, right, I feel like I've known you my whole life and I just met you yesterday, right? Like, yes, that's uh, what it and, feels and that's like. that's just a good a sign of a good friendship, right? And so, it's crazy because I didn't think about that timeline, right? We've just always been good friends. So it's not like time was ever a, a, a I don't know, a measurement or a baseline of anything. It's just like, oh, I'm always right. in connection with Andrew in some fashion or form. Yeah, I know. We always end up being in connection somehow, some way. Yep. And so, and thank you for your kind words. I mean, you're just so oh. gracious. I appreciate it. from the heart, my dear. I mean, I mean every single word. All right, so we're, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to spread this love uh, across to, to Jake as well. And, 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 and when you, when you introduced Jake, um, David, it was, it's, it's so true. So I want to just spread it a little bit more. Jake is someone who's a, an, who's a connector. He's someone who, deeply nourishes relationships and teaches others how to do that and in this day and age that we live in it's so uncommon actually to find someone who's such a great connector and um so sony and i you know over the years you know since getting to know andrea have, have really got a chance to get to know jake and, and much more so uh, on the retreat last year and i've learned a ton from you jake just on how to how wh why this is so important you got me out of my own shell of just constantly reaching out to people and, and reconnecting and it's such a powerful gift that you have and so the way that you guys bring love into this world and, and healing through coaching and setting an example is amazing so i think i would like people to hear like what's your secret sauce in your own relationship and uh and why do you feel it's so important that people uh start applying some of these principles and then we can talk about more details of the retreat but i really want you want to hear your, your your recipe for success well thank you again for those amazing words um and what's funny too is 
what Andrea and David were talking about. Nick, I think I've known you for a year, but it seems like 10 that we've been, you know, we've just connected so much over the past year through, you know, boxers and, and video calls. And so it just seems like I've known you for more than a year. And so uh, that's amazing. But, you know, uh, Andrea says this all the time that we, um, you know, we're designed for a relationship and we're not designed to be alone. Um, so that, that really speaks true to the, the relationships that I've had. And what's funny too is the, the last couple of jobs that I've had over the past 20 years, um, it's all about building that relationship with my, with, you know, with people, with customers, and we're supposed to go in and build that trust and rapport. So we will retain them, um, you know, as customers and as friends as well. And, and that's just kind of how I, I guess, go about when I, when I meet people, I just want to invest um, the time um, I talked with a friend I, I met for coffee the other day and we're like, you know, we get together and like, you know, like, Hey, you check out that box score last night or check out that game. And like, no, I want to know, like, how's your marriage? How are your kids? What's going on in your life? What's going on? So um, I, I think just really, um, you know, asking those questions and, and kind of going deeper um, is really important to building that, you know, that relationship. Yeah. I think that's something that Jake does that's so unique for men, right? Women, that's just the norm. Like, we get together and we want to know every little detail about everything going on in your life, but men, they keep it very surface most of the time because men aren't really taught to be vulnerable. Yet, Jake is so comfortable with his vulnerability that he sits down and is like, let's just cut through it <laughs> and tell me about what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. So I, I do love that. The other part is intention, right? So we're very intentional about what we do in our marriage and the time that we spend together because we look at a few things, right? We look at our love languages mm -hmm. so that I know how to love him and he knows how to love me because so many people function out of their own love language and only give love out of their love language. So when you do that and the other person doesn't have the same love language, then what's happening is I'm pouring myself out and they're not receiving because it's not their love language. Mm. We got dive into that. Dive into what the love languages are because I, I think a lot of people just don't know what that is. Right. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's five love languages and they're quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, and gifts. So an example is mine is quality time. I knew that. <laughs> and his is words of affirmation. So, right, and we all have multiple love languages, but we usually have one or two that are our core. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we communicate about our love languages. And so what does quality time mean for me? And I'm very clear on what that means for me so that he can then serve me in that way. And then the same thing for Jake. He's very clear on what words or affirmation are for him so that I can serve him. So that I'm putting my time and my uh, intentions into meeting his love language. Mm -hmm. Because if I serve him with quality time and that's not his love language, that's not filling him up. Mm -hmm. It's only filling me up, right? So we, we're very clear and intentional about that. Yeah. on relationships which we will be diving into at the retreat for sure yeah i'm hoping you can give an example like let's yeah. take let's take a couple <clears throat> and like what does quality time mean like it might mean something different for someone and someone else yeah. and 
And the gifts are a little more obvious, I think. You know, some people like surprises and things like that. But it'd be great for people to have an example of, of, some, of some of these tools in action because, like you said, yeah, this is a part of the theme of the, the retreat. Yeah, I'd say for, you know, quality time for her is um, active listening. Um, we love to hike. We love to work out together, um, go on hikes. Uh, just the, you know, even when I get home from work and maybe we don't have a lot of time, but just maybe that couch time of just hanging out and talking to each other, um, you know, are a few examples. Yes, walking. Mm -hmm. I'm like the easiest, cheapest date in the world. Take <laughs> me for a walk and talk to me. Mm -hmm. And my whole entire week is like filled with love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, how easy is that? Right? So, and, and that might be different for everybody. Like, and if, if Jake's like, oh, let's do date time and he takes me to the movie, that is not for me. Right, because we're not talking. I love right. the movies, <laughs> but that's not quality time for me. That's just fun time, which yeah. I love both. But if your goal is to try to fill me up with love, then a movie's not going to be your thing, mm -hmm. right? So it's looking at what quality time means for you and communicating that. And I think it's really important to identify what is your love language and how, like, how does that work for me? So as an example, you know, our oldest, his is quality time as well. And so here I am like, okay, great. This is so good. Like we're going to go on walks together and we're going to talk. But he's a teenager when I realized this. And he's like, no, it's watching movies together. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's not like girl movies. It's like action, mm -hmm. The Walking Dead. Like these movies that I never want to watch. And it's like, well, I want to fill him up. So that's what we did, right? We would every week watch The Walking Dead together. Mm -hmm. And he felt loved. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of how exactly what's opposite of me, a movie or The Walking Dead, right? And, and then for him, it's watching those things. So you have to take a look at what quality time means for you or what words of affirmation mean for you at work gifts or whatever, um, and then apply it. Mm -hmm. And it's important to communicate with your spouse or your children what it means to you so that they're clear. Mm -hmm. right so they don't get it wrong it's, a, it's amazing what that conversation can do just having that conversation and say what is it that you need david yeah. i want to i want to hear what your love language is um i think yours is quality time too but uh that's that's yours and my quality time each week when we get to podcast together but tell me how you reflect on this. yeah tell me how you reflect on this with clarissa you know it's interesting uh we did this exercise probably a couple of years ago and mine's actually uh words of affirmation yeah. and Clarissa's is quality time mm -hmm. so it's the same as, as Andrew and Jake's but it's interesting like like they're saying that quality time for Clarissa is family time so her her quality time is me and her and Diego and we're all together and we're just spending time with each other and we're conscious of our, of our presence with each other we're not necessarily watching tv or doing anything like we're just hanging out right and spending that quality time and so that's what really fills her the most and i notice you know that and then for me it's really just that support man like i, I constantly need those words of affirmation from her that that i'm doing what i need to be doing that, that i'm holding it down that as long as she's doing that sometimes, and i'm pretty solid man mm -hmm. so she, she's she's my rock man she's always there to support me and and she's learned over time when to notice when i need more of that Mm -hmm. uh, it was funny because 
you know, we talk about relationships and when you don't, when you're not aware of these things, or the disruption it can have in your marriage. So when she wasn't aware of that as well, when I needed that, those, those words of affirmation, I needed more of that support from her and I wasn't getting it. I would just like unravel. Things would get bad, man. Yeah, so I just wasn't yeah. getting what I needed. And it wasn't more, it wasn't just marriage. I mean, it would just kind of unravel me with whatever was happening in my life at that moment. Right. But it's so crazy because the moment she gave it to me, it immediately like immediately mm-hmm. brings yeah, me yeah. at ease. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I remember the day when I finally just told her, because we, were, we weren't arguing, but we were just having a conversation. And finally, instead of, you know, Clarissa is very stubborn. I love her to death, but she's a stubborn <laughs> But I remember venting to her about stuff and I, and I was a little uh, stressed out. And instead of just giving me that support, she just kind of like told you, told, gave me the whole like, well, tough shit, deal with it kind of deal. I just kind of looked at her like, that's not helping me right now. Those aren't words of affirmation. No, and, it, and it's funny. It's, it, it, it cracks me up because you guys know Clarissa, right? You can totally yeah. see her doing that. And she, she didn't say it in an ugly way, but that's just Clarissa. It's just kind of like, Toughen up, you know. But it was funny because when she figured that out, she's just more in tune with it now, yeah. and she knows when I need it. And then she gives it to me, and it literally is like that. It's kind of like having that antidote, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like you you give it, and then it does its job, and it like it just evens me out. It really it really fills that cup, and it puts me in a better place. So this is so foundational, I think, for so many people. And it's not a question that everyone's asked themselves, you know, in relationships. You know, it's yeah. funny, I haven't thought of what Diego's is. I probably need to start working on that. Do I tell you, it works wonders when mm. raising children because so many times children act out because they're seeking something and we're filling them up through their love language. You find that their behavior will definitely be- improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and, and uh, yeah. go the, ahead, Jake. Uh, I missed a on something earlier with the, the five love languages is I was doing one that, that was my own to her and totally, you know, um, I'm an acts of service guy. I love to serve. So she'd maybe be gone and I'd, I'd vacuum and mop and clean the house and then she'd get home. And I'm like, you know, kind of like, look what I just did. And she's like, yeah, that's great. I, you know, who cares? <laughs> you know, um, I'm doing that for, for my own self, but, Hers obviously is quality time and that, yeah, great. You clean the house. Super good for you. Um, I was much nicer than that. And (laughs) and let's let's apply that to a marriage that doesn't understand what's happening. One of, you know, a spouse comes home and you're all excited because look what I've done for you. And then you don't receive the affirmation back. What happens? The other spouse feels defeated, unloved, uncared for, disrespected, and then you have this chain of events that will continue happening, right? And so basically one day I just said, hey, I love that you do all this stuff when I go away and recognize that it's not for me. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do that. So please don't feel like you have to for me. I'm happy when I get home if you just sit down on the couch and we have a cup of coffee together. That's all I need. And thank you so much for repainting our lofts, right? That's amazing. Um, so, but the, the long-term effects, if you're not aware of what's happening, is that he's going to get upset with me 
for not appreciating his act of service. And I'm going to be completely unaware that he's upset for that, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing about love languages is that you can apply it to your kids, mm -hmm. to your family, like your siblings, your parents, and your friends. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about your immediate family. So you can apply it in so many areas that will help you grow those intentional relationships. And intentional, intentional relationships is his superpower. A hundred percent his superpower. Um, and so I think that's the other really big thing to talk about is, is making those intentional relationships and choosing who you want to have that relationship with in your life. And what are the steps you need to go about in doing that? You know what, like, I think this is such a powerful conversation because how many people, I mean, we know the divorce rate's like 50%. You know, can you imagine how many relationships could have been saved or even prevented from even engaging if, if this kind of dialogue and understanding, and then there's, there's lots of other tools out there. This is just one. But if we could all be proactive, just like we are with our health, you know, we eat the right diet, we exercise, we do all these things. Like, what are we doing to be preventative in our relationships and proactive and and being intentional, like you said, like, what if we took more of an action to do this? And, you know, I'm also thinking, like, how does this relate to just that self relationship, that relationship with self? Like, can you apply these same principles within? Like, it doesn't always have to necessarily be with a partner. You mentioned friends and whatnot, too. But how does this relate to self-love? Yeah. So if my, if my love language is quality time, what time am I spending on myself? Right? And so as an example, self-care for me is so important to feel self-loved. Mm -hmm. So my chiropractic visits, the massages that I do, the quiet time I spend every morning, really just spending time with myself, right, are all part of myself and my love language, filling that time up for me daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. What mm -hmm. am I doing to fill myself? Um, and then really being intentional about my relationship with myself as well, right? Because I am statements and all of those things that you feed into yourself. How do I want to feel about me? And how do I want my husband to feel about himself? Because when he feels good about himself, then I feel even better about him. Mm -hmm. Right? So there's so many principles we can apply to the love languages or even bigger our intentions mm -hmm. when it comes to relationships. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, and we talked to the, this question leaded in with like, what's your secret sauce? And it's, it's such an important place to start because so many people, including myself, 10, like it's funny and I've been married for 10 years. We weren't having these kinds of dialogues that we are now more so over the last five years or so, six years. Um, and to think that how much time kind of goes by without actually diving into these concepts, but it also takes time to have these conversations. And so part of that secret sauce is like that communication is very intentional. Like how much communication happens that is just react reactionary or reactive, right? You guys are taking a proactive approach. Can you speak to like, that's work. Right? It is. Um, and there's so much growth there, but we just an example, um, Every year when we go away on our anniversary, we usually pick a place and go there for a few days. And we don't just sit there and hang out and sip on drinks. We're like, we're working on our marriage. We, we set goals for the next year. Um, I, I was going through some notes the other day and I found our um, 
just our sheet from last year and it has the word connection on it and a list of things under that, that um, how can we be more connected? Um, and it's things that we already talked about like hiking and just coffee time and other things like that. But we're sitting there and we're, we're like just diving deep and working on our marriage and um, we don't want to be stagnant. We want to grow um, with each other. And so we use that time and, and just kind of, um, you know, get vulnerable. We, you know, we get pretty raw and, and, you know, but we love to, you know, to, to do that with each other. That's kind of been a little tradition last handful of years is just setting up those goals and what that looks like for the next year. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is on Sunday mornings, we actually set our alarm clock to get up early so we can have the time to reflect on what happened from last week and what's going on next week. And is there anything that we need? And so, you know, it's, it's a commitment that we, that we do on Sundays to wake up early and have that conversation and we allow 45 minutes or longer if we have more time to actually connect that way every single week. So, and that's been a game changer for us. It has for been. Sure. It's been great. Yeah. Because life is busy, right? And only doing that once or twice a year. Because we also on Valentine's Day, we actually also on Valentine's Day go over our goals and what, <laughs> where are we at since our anniversary? I'm meeting any of that because it's about six months each, six months between. So, you know, we've got the twice a year and then the once a week. And those are my favorite times. So now, now in Arizona, um, you know, we, we can go on walks a lot more. Usually in the summertime, we take a little break from those. Uh, but now we have no excuse to get outside. And, and what's funny, too, is, you know, she's inside working all day, and I'm out pretty active with my job, and I come home, and there's days where man, I don't feel like even going on a 20-minute walk. But I know that's what she's craving and needing for her quality time. So. Um, I don't know that I'm always amazing with that, but you know, I, I know that that's what she wants and what she's craving. So, go ahead. Well, it's you know, it's I'm hearing you know, I I love intention. I I read tons of books about it, but it's funny that you guys talk about it this way because, like Nick was saying, I think so many people, like he said, go on autopilot. They don't have that att- intention of the day, the week, the year. That you guys do that on your anniversary that's awesome i'm totally stealing that from you yeah, <laughs> steal away steal away yeah. i mean you know me and clarissa have those conversations but it's not always on the anniversary but what a great way to do that because you're escaping you're getting to really connect and what a great use of your time while you're out get that vulnerability and stuff like that um but i'd like to hear you guys talk a little bit i i know you're talking about the weekly stuff that you do but how about daily is there some intention setting daily for, for your marriage or for your family and, and stuff like that? And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's a few things we do every night before we go to bed. Mm. We pray. To, we yeah. pray. I pray for Jake and he prays for me for the we, day upcoming. Yeah. And then we each pray for our kids. And we each pick one to pray for. Right. <laughs> awesome. So we, we do that daily for each other. Um, and then on Sundays, right, we kind of talk about what is it that we need throughout the week. And so we can meet each other's needs on a daily basis. But, you know, Jake is asking me every day, you know, can I get you something? Do you need anything? Right. And my goal is to try to say something really affirming to him every day. Right. So it's like just one simple thing every day that we can do for each other. 
And it doesn't feel like a chore. It's just become who we are, right? In the beginning, it felt a little like a chore because it's not my love language. It doesn't come naturally to me to give words of affirmation daily, weekly, monthly. Um, but I would say it's, it needs to become something natural because that's your spouse. And the same thing with him when he was saying, he doesn't always want to go for a walk or actually sit down and, and like listen to me talk for a while. Maybe he wants to turn on the football game and I'm like primed and ready to have a conversation. <laughs> that's kind of what marriage is about, yeah. right? And, um, and so we, we make those sacrifices that then become something natural and they no longer feel like a sacrifice, but yet they're building you up. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can just imagine some of our listeners as you guys are talking about these things because they're they probably are like this is so foreign to them, right? They're like, I don't know my partner's love language, or I don't set any intention for the year or the week and stuff like that. So I'm glad that you mentioned how over time this gets easier and it becomes more habitual and it's just almost second nature, right? And it didn't start that way for you guys, but you've been doing it for so long that it's just, you got it really just programmed in there as, as your daily system. You know, me and Clarissa call it just being in that rhythm of our marriage, right? Um, and it's so funny because, you know, I have a lot, you talk to other friends or maybe their marriages are struggling and things like that. And you just wonder like, why aren't they in rhythm? Like what happened? How come they never got the rhythm? Because I don't think, I think some marriages never even find their rhythm. They just struggle coming out of the gates. So, you know, it's interesting to see these little nuances of like maybe the proof is in the pudding of what are you doing or what are you not doing or what do you need to start doing? Mm-hmm. But what a what an amazing proactive way to just approach everything. And those are two huge nuggets, I think, just for anybody right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I think some of it stemmed too because my parents were married multiple mm-hmm. times. And so I come from a family of divorce. And Jake comes from a family of divorce and we were young, we were, you know, in our young twenties when we got married and we saw friends getting divorced because, and the verbiage they were using is we fell out of love. And I thought, oh man, I think I fall in and out of love on a daily basis sometimes, right? Because we're humans, you know, and especially in the first five years of marriage, you're going to fall in and out of love and in and out of lust. And if that's the reason I'm going to stay married is because I'm in lust or in love. Um, How does any marriage survive? So we were really clear that we wanted to be very intentional and proactive in our marriage because we didn't want to repeat what we learned, Mm -hmm. you know, from our parents or even from the world in general. And I tell you, if you can't get it right with one spouse, the likelihood of it going smoother for the next one is not, is not that likely, right? And so I'd rather put my time and effort into one human for the rest of my life because it does get easier as you are marrying longer and longer. And the same thing, too, is with your family and your siblings and, and any intentional relationship. I look at who I want to have an intentional relationship with, and then I say, what do I need to do to create that relationship? And Jake does the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, especially with so many people getting stuck in their story and not working on their own trauma, right? So let's talk about, you know, a little bit more about taking this on. It's like I'm imagining people are sometimes in a relationship where they just feel like that connection is not happening. And there, there might be um, 
a mindset for some people listening that goes, well, my partner will just never be that way. And so this isn't going to work for me. Mm. Like it has to start somewhere. Right. And you mentioned like how you take care, you know, the self love for yourself. And again, that's a foreign concept for so many people. So how do we start to say, listen, this isn't about changing your partner. This starts within. So can you, can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, I want to, can I share a quick story um, about that? So I, I grew up five siblings. I'm the youngest sibling and my, my youngest sibling is seven years older than me. So why that's important is because I felt really left out because they, there was the four of them. And then seven years later, here I come. So I'm in my early thirties and I'm kind of mad. Like I'm mad at my siblings. I'm mad at my parents because my family's not the greatest at putting effort into relationships. And I'm going around saying, I'm the youngest, I'm the baby. They should be calling me. My parents, like, why aren't they taking care of me? Literally, like, in 30, 30 years old, and I feel like I'm having a five-year-old temper tantrum in my mind. And one day, I was, it just, like, kind of, I, like, light bulb came on, and I was like, wait, who's responsible for the relationship? I am. I'm responsible for every relationship that's in my life. So I said, okay, of my four siblings, which one do I want to start with? <laughs> so I picked one and I said, I'm going to make an intentional relationship with this sister. And if it doesn't go well and she doesn't, you know, respond, well, then I'll go to the next one. So I started with my sister, Janine, and was like, I'm going to call her and say, Janine, I'm I want to be closer to you and can we talk on a weekly basis? And I was so nervous, honestly, because the fear is rejection. But what's the worst that's going to happen? Everything's going to stay the same. So I did. And that was two years ago, three years ago, that I made that relationship shift with my sister. Maybe it was longer. I'm not sure. And we talk every single Friday. Like, we are so close. And I have that with also like a good friend of mine, Angel in Oregon. We talk three times a week. Um, and I just made these relationships and I put the effort in and then they put the effort in. So it's a give and receive intentional relationship. And I realized, oh, it's all about what I put into the relationship. And I'm also clear on what I'm looking for in that relationship. Would you like to talk once a week with me? I would like to build my relationship with you. That clear, that simple. So I love that, and and you mentioned it not as give and take because when people hear a relationship, oh yeah, there's give and take, but you give and receive, and and talking to you and knowing you, receiving isn't always you know doesn't come naturally for for a lot of people. That's right. So can you can you dive into that a little bit? Just your your journey into allowing even Jake's words words of affirmation and his, his cuddle time and all that that wonderful stuff, like maybe speak to that journey for people of just being able to receive because that's a huge one. Yeah, absolutely. We want to start. So, so giving and receiving, it's really important for a balanced re- relationship mm-hmm. that you give, but you're also willing to receive. And Jake can really speak on the me rejecting his receiving for years upon years upon years at the beginning of our marriage because he's a server. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a little, I mean, it was a little hard. And, and, and David, with the, the words of affirmation, I don't know when that kind of came to you, but that came to me in my childhood when I wasn't, um, you know, I was an only child, and but I had a 
an ex-stepdad who I don't think ever said anything nice. And, and so I was kind of scarred at a young age. Um, and that's where, you know, things kind of impact you when you're a child and kind of stayed with me for a long time. And, and so it was really hard whenever I, I didn't get those words. It just was like a crusher. And I felt so defeated and, and hurt. And um, it was just really hard. So when, you know, after we met and, you know, when I never got those words, I kind of went back to that little child where I, I would shut down and, and I would say like in our marriage also, you know, the, the one thing that's probably um, hindered a little bit is, is communication on my part, because there are times where <laughs> things aren't maybe going great at the time or whatever. And I would, and I, and I shut down and I wouldn't, and I don't communicate with her. Um, but that happened, I think because of, of my past and I, whenever he would yell at me or anything like that, I would just, my, my total, you know, my, my first thing I'm, I'm shutting down and I'm leaving and how can I escape this room right now? And I just want to crawl and, and hide somewhere. And so that was, you know, really tough to kind of overcome with, you know, with, with that. So. When, and so when I would try to have a conversation, he wouldn't receive what I was saying mm -hmm. because he would, he would shut down in that moment. Um, but speak to the like he loves to serve mm. and i don't know how many times i rejected his service because it was uncomfortable for me to receive yeah right and i mean that was a little defeating as well because i'm i'm trying to do something that i think is nice for her and i'm not getting what i want i'm not receiving that you know i'm, I'm not getting <laughs> that that um the words or the attention or something on the other end and it would just make me kind of go back to that feeling of like, oh my gosh, she's not appreciating what I'm doing and like, you know, what's going on. So it would be, I, I wouldn't take it very well at all. Right. And to dive really like dive a little deep into that. So receiving can be something that feels really vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? And when you are somebody who wants to be independent and not dependent on somebody else to receive can put you in a very vulnerable position. So when he's like, Oh, let me do this for you. And I'm thinking, no, I can do this for myself. I don't need you to do this for me. But once I realized I don't need him to, but it's sure nice to let him do it. And he gets to feel that, you know, blessing of doing it for me. I was like, Oh, it's not as scary as I thought to receive. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I receive from him, he's actually able to receive from me more. And then it's giving and receiving back and forth. So it feels very balanced so that you don't feel like I'm going to say how many wives out there feel like they give all day and they don't get back. <laughs> and how many husbands feel that same way, right? Cause you're working all day. Wife's working all day. Somebody's both of you are working all day and then you get home and you're unwilling to receive because you're exhausted and you're not communicating so it's a balance I'm like oh i knew that, that dog was going to bark mm -hmm. UPS just came uh and so it's really looking at vulner like being vulnerable with your spouse or your sibling or your parents whoever it is and saying i'm willing to receive what they're offering me and i'm willing to give what i have that's awesome David, I want to, this, this relates so much to the nervous system, right? That fight or flight state versus parasympathetic. 
can you can you help listeners maybe understand that that connection in the nervous system and and like and how you utilize that in your uh, with your tools? You know what's interesting is you know Andrea's talking about how we get home and we're exhausted and we're just not in this state to to either receive what we need to receive on the end of our of our partner or maybe our family members when we get home. And, you know, you talk about the nervous system, you know, everyone, a lot of people are stuck in fight or flight all the time. So we're just constantly in this sympathetic tone and it never shuts off. And when you get home and you're exhausted, you're probably still in that state. You know, I always laugh, you know, people will say, well, at least I know I do is like, I need like at least 20 minutes on the way home or by the time I get home to try to get out of that, like fight or flight or just that revved up type feeling so I can get into that relaxed state so I can be home and be with my family right um and i think so many people when they get home they never get there i remember growing up watching my dad and you know he even says this now he says like he couldn't turn it off so i'd I'd always watch my dad come home and he'd be just you could just tell he was stressed from his day and he would just take it to bed with him every night Mm -hmm. and then he'd get up and go to work the next day and like, that wasn't like all of my childhood. I mean, I had a good childhood, don't get me wrong, but how did that impact everybody around him? Well, sometimes like he just wasn't approachable by his kids because you could just tell he was exhausted and he was irritated or he didn't want to be bothered and he was trying to relax. Uh, or, you know, him and my mom weren't communicating well, you know, stuff like that. So you look at that and you think, okay, people, this goes beyond just, emotional or communication. I mean, you talk about your health. You know, I always tell my patients this, the state of your health determines how you interact with your environment, especially your nervous system. So if you're not healthy and you have issues uh, that are affecting this tone and your ability to switch back and forth. So we termed this already in a, in a podcast, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We called it a nervous system tone variability, right? So this ability to finally constantly come in and out of fight or flight or parasympathetic, a lot of people have lost this. And this is why they're always freaking out and stressed out. And so this ripples into every aspect of your life, especially your emotional, mental health, and your really your impact on everything around you. And this plays into our marriages and our families and our workspaces and our people that we interact with on a daily basis. So buddy, it's it's monumental. So the tone of the nervous system affects all these things. But just another reason why we have to take really good care of ourselves and constantly have a fully functioning nervous system because this has got to work for us to adapt to people and adapt to things that are around us all the time. Yeah. So let's talk about what you do with that. You go on retreat. Yes, you do. There you go. So, Andrea, tell us. I mean, you got a new word now, nervous system variation. Andrea, if you don't know, loves variation. It's one of her, like... (laughs) So words for herself. So let's talk about what are some tools that we, or why retreat so important? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, the, one of the things is immersion, right? Because life is very busy. There's so many distractions going on in our day-to-day life. And so wellness retreats, wellness vacations, they're all about the immersion the other thing is they're about the community of people around you, right? Because as Jake said earlier, we're not meant to do life alone. So you're immersed in a community that helps you get your levels, your life to that next elevation, right? That next level. 
And so what I find the most powerful is that you come as, as who you are, you break down why you're like that a little bit, and then you create who you want to be when you leave. And then you have a community backing you there and after the retreat. And so it's powerful because how many people set goals every single year and statistically, how many of those goals are actually accomplished in the next year? Not very many. We're at, and, and, and how defeating is that, right? Because to know that you set goals that you never achieve year after year after year, I mean, that doesn't make you feel amazing about yourself or your life. So retreats set you up to succeed. And that's why it's important for Jake and I um, to do these retreats, to go to them and to host them because we're all about uh, elevating other people, helping them get to that next level. And retreats are the best way, in my opinion, to do that because it's a full immersion. Yeah. And just being there with her for that week, you know, we've gone on, she's gone on a few women's retreats before and I've gone on some men's and they're, and they're great. Don't get me wrong, but being there with my wife was just, it was amazing. Uh, sometimes, um, you know, coming back from these on our own and, and trying to explain to the other person how the weekend was and we're not on the same page because one of us is coming off this amazing high and, you know, try to get back together, but doing this with her, it was unbelievable. And each, each day, I mean, the, the, the growth that we had from day one to day seven was amazing with our, with our awesome group, our tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, just to experience that with her was was unbelievable so yeah i mean speaking of receptivity and the nervous system and being able to receive i mean that's partly what happens you're 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 immersive as you said you're in an environment that's non-triggering at all it's really an opportunity to step out of ego personality how we're interacting how we're meant to be perceived in the world um, and it's really stepping to a place where we can start to operate in in flow and where we can enter into the bigger version of us and start to orchestrate a life in a different kind of way. How many of us are stuck in, I got to do this and then I got to do that. And then I got to do that. And I got to be, you know, bump my head against the wall with this and frustrate myself through this situation to get to that place. So much of what we orchestrate in our life. And the reason why it takes so darn long is because we're not taking time to retreat and recharge yourself, but actually have a conversation with a bigger part of us. Because that's where flow really happens is when we've come out of our prefrontal cortex, moved into these different centers of our brain that can activate a deeper connection with who we really are. And in that place, that's where form can take on a, on a new um, persona or a new type of energy to it because we're, we don't actually create out of form. We create out of flow. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, well, and I wanted, can, I wanted to, because David, you went to men's retreat this year, didn't you? Yeah, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story, but yeah, go ahead, because I have my own personal experience with what you guys are talking about. So, yeah. yeah, okay, because I didn't want to miss that either, mm -hmm. because that, I think that's going to be an important thing to talk about. But so uh, I'm going to say it a little differently than you did, Nick, but um, being a visionary, right? We all have a visionary side. We all have a details and logistics side, and some are stronger in visionary than they are details and logistics and vice versa. But when you're in your day-to-day -day life, you, you can't, you're not tapping into that visionary side, that side that says, who do I want to show up as? What do I want my life to look at, uh, look like? 
And I, I often in, in coaching will say, what do you want your day, your week, your month, your year to look like for you personally and in your business? Because what's amazing is we get to create that. But how often do we take the time to really stop and think about those things? Like we can meditate, but a lot of time when people meditate, they're turning their thoughts off. And I challenge people to let the thoughts come in. Spend that time with your brain and like see what you want it to say to you. And so when you go to the retreats, when you go to, into a full immersion, you get into that flow state, like you were saying, or flow being just allowing your brain to visualize and tell you exactly where you would best be in your day, week, your month, your year. Mm-hmm. And how amazing, right? If the whole world were to live in the lane of where they are happiest. Mm-hmm. Right. And we get to do that. It's a choice. We all can do this mm-hmm. and we all should do this because we would have, we'd be able to create all of those things in our life that we want. Yeah. I mean, and just to tap that off before David goes on, um, I would just say that, you know, so much of our lives we're, we're meeting our, our memories of the past and, and just basing our life dependent on where we've always been. And, and part of that visionary work is that, we also can operate in a different type of time and space when we're in an immersive area where it's very supportive and uh, encouraging of utilizing this other aspect of ourselves that allows us to get into flow, that allows us to get into a deep parasympathetic state so that vision can start to take root inside of our mind or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, David, uh, hop, hop on here, buddy. So I, I kind of just want to tell my story because, you know, this, this year was, was a, a year for me of yourself and, and some others, well, mainly just you, Nick, to be honest with you. <laughs> Nick really pushed me to, to do a retreat, and there was a lot of resistance there for me at first just because, and I'm sure people that are listening, you're going to come up with all these amazing excuses of why you can't take a week off to go do this for you. But what I want to speak to is you need to. What they're talking about as far as immersion, and I'm going to add connection to this, but not connection necessarily connection with other people, because that's amazing when you have that connection, that community, but it's connection to self. And like, like you all are speaking to, that immersion is absolutely needed to have that connection with self. And I didn't realize that till I went on the retreat with you and actually experienced it. It's almost like when we're in our daily life, we're constantly um, in play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. until you can go into standby mode in a completely different environment and really clean the clutter of your life off, off the plate for a little bit, really your nervous system and your brain can't even tap in, like you guys are saying, into that part of who you are or where you can really level up and address some of these things. I mean, a lot of people, like you're saying, try to do it through meditation and all these other things throughout the year, but they also have all these other things going on mm-hmm. and you just can't, you don't get the, uh, you just can't see things the way you can at a retreat. One of the biggest things for me, man, and I t- was, I mean, we were in a beautiful area, no doubt, and we didn't get to enjoy all that was around us, but we were in this environment that allowed for these things to come through us. And I was able to connect with myself in ways that I know that if I was back home would never would have happened. Just, it can't, it's just, it's not possible. So one of the biggest things when I got home was I need to take a week for myself or a weekend or whatever that is. And I need to do a retreat at least once a year to kind of hit the reset button for me 
but even more so like you guys are saying, I think for couples, this is amazing because how often in a marriage do you ever take that amount of time, just you two to mm -hmm. focus on you two? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody does it. Mm -hmm. And you won't have that insight. You won't have that vision of everything that you want to see for all those things, unless you immerse yourselves in an environment like you're saying that promotes that. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest thing, man. Like, I got a ton of connection with me, but it, it happened through the immersion that took place at that retreat in the environment that, that was there for us. So, so, you know, I tell anybody who's listening to this is there will be some resistance there, but it's there because you need to do it. That's right. Because on the other side of that resistance is everything that you're wanting. That's why it's so hard to make that decision. But then you have amazing people like us that are telling you, you need to do this, right? So like Nick really pushed me. I finally just said, you know what, I can do it. And you know what, I did do it. And everything was just fine when I was stressing about it from the get-go. But it's totally needed. And I think if more people like hit the brakes, slowed down, did a retreat, found that, that insight, was able to have that presence with themselves, look inward, connect. And then like you're saying, everything just gets better. You level up and your life starts to change in all the ways that you wanted it to. Yeah, it's beautiful. That was so well said, yeah. David. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was like, if I didn't believe in retreats, I sure do yep. now. <laughs> and, you know, and, and she deserves the best version of me. And what better place to work on myself at a retreat? And every retreat I've been to, I've been to, you know, we did the couples last year, and I've been to maybe six or seven men's for the weekends. Um, they're, they're their own unique beautiful experience and I've had so many takeaways from each of those retreats um, but you're right we, we live in a life of to-do lists and I don't know how many times I've hit the shower in the morning and I get all these like oh my gosh I gotta see this person today I gotta go here and I just sabotage my own day like I'm already kind of negative like oh man I gotta go here today and I gotta do this and what the heck what did I just do and so a lot of the things that she's helped me with is, is change that mindset and setting your intentions for the day and starting with your I am statements. Um, but we did all these things at, you know, at the retreat last year and it was just amazing to, to work on ourselves because, you know, we, we work and we have kids and we're here and we're there. We don't spend that time to work on ourselves and what better place um, <laughs> for a full week with your spouse, or even if you're single, to, I mean, just to have that time and that community of people that, I mean, I, I didn't know anyone last year except for her. I, I met you, Nick, you know, on camera a few times, but here I am with 12 strangers and I'm sharing my life. I'm sharing my fears. I'm getting vulnerable. I'm getting raw, but I wouldn't want to have it any other way because I want to, <laughs> that's, to, I mean, to open up and be that personable I mean, I don't want to go there and fake anything. So um, it's just such a safe, safe environment. There's no judgment. Everyone's listening. And it was, you know, like I said, I can't wait to go back. We're only a couple months away and I can't wait. So Yeah, there's something you said about that vulnerability and you do it so well, Jake. And, and Andrea, I'm hoping you can speak to like meeting resistance. Like let's, yeah. let's get you to speak. Well, I read one time that resistance is like our compass, right? The place that we have the most resistance is where we need to be. So use it as a tool for 
how, where do I need to go? Oh, this is the place where I'm meeting all this resistance. That's where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Right. And resistance will show up because of subconscious patterns that we have. And it could be a fear. It could be something of being unworthy. It could be, you know, whatever it is that was poured into us as a child that we grabbed onto. So we'll, the resistance will pop up in those areas to prevent us from actually achieving those things that we want or need in our life. And so it is the compass. Mm -hmm. So if you are like, okay, I have resistance. I can't because of this or this or this or this. And I would say, mm, that's probably why you need it the most. Yeah. Yeah. That's so Go ahead, ahead brother. Well, I like to use the analogy. It's kind of like having a muscle that's atrophied, like atrophied and weak, right? Like, you have certain things in life, like when you think about them, right, or you approach them, you feel that resistance. And it's like having this weak muscle that can't lift anything, right? And you feel it. And then there's other aspects of our lives where we can just bang out reps and it's not a big deal to us. It's so funny, like, when you start addressing these resistances in your life, and then you, like, for me, it's retreat, like, it's something I resisted at first, and now it's not a big deal. Like, I'll go this year, and I won't even think twice about it. But I strengthen that muscle. Mm -hmm. right it, it was weak at first but I went and did what I needed to do and we strengthened that muscle so you know I think some people are thinking well what if I go to this retreat am I gonna you know Jake made a good point about opening up like is there resistance there and what I would like to say there is the community and the immersion helps bring that all down mm -hmm. you know when we were like at men's camp for example that first like day there's a little bit of that still because it's kind of like you're coming out of the world and you're kind of coming into that state and then honestly, within, I would say, like a day, a day and a half, it's almost like all these, like, barriers just drop and that vulnerability comes forward because you're around with so many people that are there for the same reasons and they all want to get something out of it and they're all searching for similar things in some nature. Yeah. So your ability to open up in an environment like that is very different versus being back home. Yeah. Yeah, the, ver the version of you before you show up, the version of you there and the version of you that you go home as they're all, they're all different. And it's, and it's fascinating to see people's faces, you know, before and after we, we, I'm not going to say names, but we had uh, one person who showed up at the retreat and it took to like day three or four and then bang, like something just shifted. And so a breakthrough is going to happen. It, it happens for everybody. I mean, for you at our men's camp uh, retreat, I think you, you started feeling, energy or, or water being like you heard a water a shower on and all of a sudden like you're having this like visceral experience with water it's like breakthroughs happen at so many different levels in so many different ways mm -hmm. um and and so you you become and it you become a different version of yourself and not one that like you're not broken you're you know, there's nothing wrong but you've you've allowed yourself to move through that resistance so that you're, you're a softer, more open version of yourself and you're a softer, more open version of yourself and you become more resilient and uh, when you come back home. And when you come back home, it's a little different. <laughs> like let's, let's talk a little bit about coming home because that's just as important as showing up. So yeah. please talk Do about coming home. Do you want me to talk about that a little Anybody. bit? Anybody. Anybody. Right. So I'll give my personal story and then I'd like to hear what Andrew and Jake have to say, to be honest with you. So, so it's interesting. So Nick and Sonia did warn me a little bit and said, Hey, when you come out of the retreat, just understand there's going to be some 
kind of having to find your way back to some balance when you get back home because you're in this immersive environment where you're able to tap into you and then you got to kind of step in like you're saying as this upgraded person into that environment that you were in before but it's weird when you get back it doesn't feel the same anymore it's different but it's not different you're different right so it's interesting, man. Like I just saw growth there. You know, I didn't see it as, as too, I mean, it was a little bit of a rough ride when I got back, but now that I've turned back, cause we were in men's camp what, in July. Mm-hmm. So I'm in December now. And I can honestly tell you coming back was a little rough, but big picture. If I, if I tell you how the last six months went, I've grown so much in so many different ways of so many things that I've noticed about myself that where I had struggles, they're just like non-existent anymore, man. And like, I've seen all these little changes in my life um, just from the, having that experience. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's normal, right? I mean, you gotta really think about this. I mean, if you're gonna completely upgrade yourself and have these breakthroughs, when you come back, it's gonna be a little bit different, but it's just adaptation, right? So just take it day by day. And like Andrea and Jake are saying, you have that intention of what you're trying to accomplish each day or each week and stuff like that. And I think if you just stay mindful of where you're at with everything, you'll make it through just fine. Um, and then I'd imagine you guys give some tools and stuff at the retreat before people go back home of letting them know and stuff like that of what to expect. Like that. And then, Dude, I think some of it is resistance comes into play, but resistance really from the outside coming in now because you know, you're in your day-to-day life and you have your habits and then you go to a retreat, you're immersed, you create a new version of you and you come home and those old habits are still there. Right. Right. And so you have to intentionally decide, do I fall back into my old routine or do I take all of the tools I learned and move forward with my new routine? And that's where it feels different. And then those who are around you that weren't at the retreat are still functioning in the old way. So you come back as a new person and you have to find your new way in. And so it can feel awkward, it can feel like resistance, but we as a team mm-hmm. stay in communication with the people from the retreat and we, we give you the tools before you leave and then we're there with you when you come back. So we help you, you know, because again, it's about community and fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I notice the most and being intentional about applying those new tools and staying true to who you created at the retreat. Otherwise you can come home and fall back into your old routine. And then what do you learn from it? Right. And in the, the, you know, the handful of men retreats that, that I've been on, you know, you come back, you're on fire and you just want to share with your family what happened and what went on. And, um, and just speaking from experience, there's been a, you know, a handful of guys that come back and I check in with them a few days later and they're, work stinks and blah, you know, everything's all negative. And, and what we had for that weekend, it's just like, it, we, you know, they like, they left it there and then they're back and now they're back to what was me. And, and, but you know, it, it's just so important to, to remember what we had there and the growth that we, that we made each day. Um, and I've tried to stay in contact with a lot of these guys when we come back and, just to check in, hey, how things going, and, and just to be intentional with that. But uh, but what's been great about our group is, you know, we we have a group chat. We'll share some things, and there's been some ups and downs, right, throughout this past year. There's been some things, and 
Um, but it's, it's great to have that community, that tribe that, that we did create there. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that's the unique thing about the Naturally Brave retreats is we are building a community. So I don't know how many retreats there are out there, but there are a lot. And you go and you spend six days and then you're done. Well, what Nick and Sonia and Jake and I are creating is a community. So we have a Facebook group, uh, an Instagram group, and we have a Boxer group. I don't know if a lot of people out there know what Boxer is, but um, we communicate on that. We're invested in those people who are wanting to transform their life because we want to be a part of that transformation and we want to continue to give people the tools to take those next steps. And I would say that is something pretty unique um, for a retreat company to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's what I was hoping this conversation is going to stimulate is that there's there's a way to land um, where you go back in your old habits. And, and to me, if that's happening, you didn't actually do the work at the retreat in, in, the, in the right kind of sense. Because when you do the work, there is no other option. You come back in a different version of you. That doesn't mean relationships have to fall apart and everything else, but you show up as a better version of yourself when you come back and you're being held by the community yep. and that's that was a very intentional on our part to make sure that you have a place to land mm -hmm. and if that's not happening it makes the integration really really challenging so the work can happen but the work doesn't stop uh, once you come home and it's and it's beautiful so um, I mean we could keep going on this topic uh, we love this topic but we do have to uh, close so let's let people know where how they can access this information how they can reach out to us uh they can learn about boxer and and all the cool things they're going to be doing in the next retreat which we're going to upgrade our retreat every year so this year is going to be even better yep yes every year always evolving just like we are as humans right so you know getting better each year uh so naturallybraveretreats.com you guys will put a link below also, if you use the uh, coupon code Dr. Dads, you get $50 off the retreat. Uh, and so you can use that. We're on Instagram and Facebook, Naturally Brave Retreats. Uh, we can also put those links below mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then, Nick, is there any other way for, I think those are all of our ways for people to find us. Yeah, those are, those are the mains. I mean, I, yeah. Through social media, obviously anyone who's local can always reach reach out to the clinic and uh, or, or the Dr. Dad's Facebook page. There's, there's be access points and information there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we've, uh, we've got Clarissa and David joining yeah. us uh, this year. We're so excited. Yeah. We're so excited now, and one last this. note, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to come as a couple. That's right. Right. If you're in partnership, obviously that's great because as Jake and Andrew were expressing, it's great to be able to work on yourselves together because once you make that commit to, commitment to one another, it's a commitment to growth. So that's ideal. But come as you are. Just come. Yeah, yes. come as you are. And, you know, to speak to that really briefly, because I know we do have to wrap up. We had many um, people come last year without their spouses or significant others who are now coming this year with their spouse or significant others. Mm -hmm. But we currently have people who are not in a relationship coming. We have many coming to the retreat that are not in a relationship. Relationships is like we've been talking about. It's with yourself. It's with anybody you have in your life. Mm -hmm. And so we're working first at that at self level, and then we go into relationships with others. So it is applicable to everyone. Yeah. And we're going to be doing some 
detox, fasting, sweat lodge there. We're right on the beach. We're going to be doing some surfing, lots of playtime. Um, it's it's amazing. So we're we're super excited. So thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. thank you. Love you guys. Thank, thank you for having Thanks for to you guys. Always great seeing you as well. Yes, me too. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.